0: We've kind of gone from a situation where XPM was the center of the wheel. It was the hub. And now FYI is actually the hub and everything else is talking to FYI. It's the center of our database and kind of our operation. So it's the most business critical piece of software we've got now. You're listening to Australia's podcast for accountants, tax talks, The podcast to grow your firm.
1: Welcome to episode 412 of Text Talks. This is Heide Robson and thank you to BGL for sponsoring this episode. I find pipeline walkthroughs really helpful to hear what other accountants are doing, what works for them and what doesn't. You might remember the pipeline walkthrough we did with Texopedia in episode, I think it was episode 383, yes, 383. I found that pipeline walkthrough really helpful, so I was very grateful when James Carey of Prime Partners in Sydney agreed to do one for you as well. So it is quite a long episode of an hour, but I didn't want to cut it in half. I find it more helpful to be consumed in one as one episode. So here's James Carey of Prime Partners in Sydney with a pipeline walkthrough. Can you describe Prime Partners to me? So do you have a niche? Do you have a specific type of clients or are you a full service? Do you have a brick and mortar office or are you a virtual firm? And where is your staff? Can you just give me a quick overview of Prime Partners? Sure.
0: So... Prime Partners is based in North Sydney. That's where our our office is. I happen to live in the Central West of New South Wales, so I work a lot from home but travel back to the office. The origin of the firm probably goes back to the '80s, and Prime Partners, the the sort of the name or the brand, I think came about in sort of 2006, and I joined in 2009. I came from. Um, one of the sort of bigger firms where I was doing R&D grants and wanted to wanted to actually do sort of business services accounting, which, uh, you know, kind of work with business owners, sort of do something with that sort of CA that I'd sort of earned at the the big firm. And today, and it's kind of, we've gone through sort of mergers and we've sort of bought some small businesses and, you know, we had retirements and all sorts of things. So at today, there's three directors, three sort of, you know, owners with another one sort of you know sort of associate director who sort of keeps the place running. The total team's about 29 people. 22 of them are all based in North Sydney. We have a small sort of team in the Philippines that helps with our sort of you know admin and you know bits and pieces and then we recently um took over a small firm which had a small team in Sri Lanka so we've kind of integrated them into our operations as well. So we're we're sort of a little bit of everything going on and as far as clients you know we're a normal full service sort of boutique if you will business services firm so we do the range from you know individual tax returns up to sort of national type you know larger enterprises in the sort of tens of millions of dollars of turnover. So we we don't do any listed stuff, we don't do audit But we kind of do everything that you'd expect an accounting firm to do.
1: Would I be allowed to ask you what your turnover roughly is?
0: Last year, we were about and, you know, we think we'll probably be maybe at the end of this year. So, you know, we've got reasonable, we're sort of, you know, growing and doing interesting stuff for our efficiencies and that kind of, you know, probably leads into FYI a little bit.
1: That's gross you just mentioned and I will cut it out or beep it out that growth you just mentioned, where will it come from? Will it just be natural growth from word of mouth or do you have a marketing funnel that feeds you that sort of growth every year?
0: So we don't have a marketing funnel per se. We do have like a network of like referral partners that we work with. So, you know, financial planners and lawyers and plus, you know, word of mouth just from existing clients. But yeah, I mean, largely organic. We don't really spend money on advertising. It's largely organic existing clients and our referral partners.
1: And your referral partners, is that a little bit you refer clients to them when the need arises and they refer clients to you when the need arises or do you have a sophisticated referral system where you Not,
0: track? Uh, so, so I mean, we do, we do sort of track, you know, who we send clients to and who sends us clients. So we do, we do track it because I think it's important to understand. It ultimately no, com- no, no, it ultimately comes down to who do we think will be best for our clients, and you know, hopefully they'll think that we'll be the best for for their clients in return. But you know, we we work with a law firm, for example, that I don't think is ever sent us a client and we send them a lot of clients, but we actually think that they're kind of the best at what they do and that's all right. Like the clients are getting the service they need and ultimately that's what is sort of most important to us.
1: Yes, I'm the same. The roughly seven staff you have in the Philippines and also in Sri Lanka, do you employ them directly or have you employed them through, you know, a third Um, party?
0: No, so three in Sri Lanka the firm that we kind of took over had their own 100% owned subsidiary. They handle the rent and everything directly. And that's the same with our, our Philippines team. We essentially have engaged them directly and managed that.
1: So in Sri Lanka, you have an office where your team works. And yep. in the Philippines, you also have an office where your team works. So nobody yep. works from home.
0: There is a little bit of working from home. And, you know, that largely sprang out of COVID, which sort of affected everybody, but we've got full seat. You have the seat. Yeah. That that's right. And, you know, our sort of IT manage all of the, the security and the encryption of their things and what they've got access to. So yeah, we manage all of that.
1: Yes. And the seats, so the office space itself, do you actually have a company in the Philippines that rents office space or have you rented seats from a from a provider?
0: We rent it directly, yeah.
1: Oh, wow. That's very impressive because that's not easy to set up a company in the Philippines and then to, you know, negotiate rental contracts and employment
0: contracts. I mean, yes and yes and no. I mean, it-, yeah. it
1: Once you've done it for one, it
0: gets- Yeah. Easier. Yeah. And it's sort of, you know, like we, we've had clients set up operations in Australia and we kind of help and guide them through the process on this end. And so it's just a matter of having the right, um, you know, people guiding you through the process on the other end.
1: Yes, yeah, so you 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 got an advisors in the Philippines who helped you with that process. Yeah. Thanks.
0: When I joined, you know, Prime was a fairly Yeah, which year was that? Uh, so this was two thousand and nine. So Prime was a fairly, I think, standard kind of suburban practice where we had a myob setup we used accountants office as the practice manager we had maz or you know what used to be soul six for you know client ledgers we were very agnostic around client software we did no bookkeeping we would clients would say i need a bookkeeper we would say we'll go here speak to one of these bookkeepers like we don't do it we don't care if you use myob or reckon or you know whatever else there was at the time and so my very first job when i sort of you know showed up to learn how to do accounting was i was handed a stack of physical bank statements and a pencil this is in 2009 as well so you know bank link existed and all these things but go through the bank statements with a pencil write out the code next to it so bank fees 309 you know accounting fees 300 write out those MAS codes and then data entry this into the system and so being sort of new on the tools, I'm like, okay, well, this is this must be the way we do things. So I kind of did that and probably probably spent, you know, six to twelve months just learning accounting and debits and credits, having, you know, not actively worked in that before. And so it was once I had figured out, you know, okay, well, this is how we do accounting, that then the part of my brain that says, why are we doing it this way? You know, why are we taking paper when we've got We can get CSV exports from internet banking, you know, and it turns out, Maz, you can actually import CSV data. So I kind of started doing things like that. But it was a couple of years later when I went to a conference, which was, I think at the time, the only sort of tech accounting conference. This might have been 2012. It was called ATSA, the Australian Technology and Something, or the Accounting Technology. Software,
1: probably. Probably Australian Technology and Software.
0: Yes, so it was run by, um, by Smith. Smith Inc. to do, do a bunch of sort of good sort of you know, consulting work um, to accountants, but that was kind of like the premier conference, and I went to that conference and I think it was when I might have seen Zero for the first time, um, and it was like a wow, you know, we can get bank feeds, we can do all this sort of stuff. Along with that, I think we might have had a a demo of of iFirm, which at that point was a practice manager. Developed by a company called Eclipse, which was Mike Chisholm, the guy who sold Accountants Office to MyOB, and it was it was sort of this really neat looking cloud based practice management suite. So we went back and sort of had had discussions because our accountants enterprise implementation was just not good. You know, it just it, I think this was common amongst a lot of vendors at the time was here is practice management suite, it can do anything you want it's yours to run with now and we're not going to really show you how to do best practice or implement it. So we'd had this AE from back when it was Biztopia or you know whatever the history of it was and it just never really worked properly, which i think whatever reason whether it was our firm whether it was the training it it just never worked. So we took this plunge and transitioned to iFirm And we ended up in this sort of ad hoc system where we had iFirm for you know the client database and the practice management. We were still using AE Tax for the tax returns. We'd started using Zero Ledgers for our sort of zero clients, and we were still using Maz for some reports. So we kind of we were getting better results out of iFirm as a practice management. We were getting good data and good capacity planning. But then you know we had all these sort of other things that weren't linking. So then we took a couple of years later must maybe 2016 so that must have been 2013 or 14 so 2016 we were convinced by you know a great zero account manager that we've got to go to XPM then zero tax will talk to your zero ledgers and you know it'll be all wonderful and i had looked at at XPM and saw a lot of the limitations that still exist today but thought No zero is going to invest money and make this a better better product, and unfortunately, you know XPM works fine, but it's not great. But we stuck with it for a number number of years. At some point, we we'd gotten Suite Files, so we had XPM Suite Files, Microsoft Office Suite, you know zero for reporting um, and tax. So we kind of were largely in that sort of XPM zero ecosystem. And at some point, two or three years ago, somebody, I somehow FYI got onto my radar and I had a demo with Rob, the founder, and he sort of ran me through it. I looked at it and it kind of looked cool, but I could not get my head around the database structure for storing files because, you know, Sweet files worked like a file server used to work. You've got folders. Yes. You've got clients. Yes,
1: FYI just folders.
0: has tags. F- FYI has this this database sort of tag thing, and despite being you know fairly tech enabled, it just my brain it didn't work, and I just sort of went no, I'm I'm not ready for this, and I don't think the firm would be ready for this, and so we kind of parked that and put it put it on hold for um, probably a couple of years. So yeah, it might have been you know two years, eighteen months. We just went no, we're not going to do that and then I can't remember what triggered me to look at it again, but something triggered me to look at it again. I had another session and I just went, all right, let's do it. We went through an implementation, ripped the Band-Aid off. Finally, the database sort of model clicked with me, rolled it out to the team. The team absolutely hated it. Everybody pushed back and we can't find things and things are missing and just that experience. And We were a bit smaller, then, but yeah, we still would have had 15, 20 people. It wasn't necessarily a smooth process, but we kind of just pushed through it and probably took a couple of months before the complaints died down. And now everybody loves it. And I can't imagine that we would we would want to go back to the old way of, of doing things. And I guess this is before we get into a to a work work through, but it is I heard, and I don't know how true it is, but you know, myob's got a document management system that's quite highly regarded. And I have a feeling, and I could be wrong, but Rob, the founder and his team, they built that and sold that to Myob. And FYI docs is the system he always wanted to build. So it is sort of all of those dream things that maybe once you sell to a larger company you can't implement. Um FYI is that realization coming to life and you know as a user I'm completely on board with the vision of what they've built.
1: I have three questions for you. Now before I ask James my three questions here's a quick word from our sponsor
0: BGED. Hey tax talkers are you tired of manual identity verification processes? Introducing BGLID your fast secure automated identity verification solution. BGL-ID seamlessly integrates with BGL's CAS 360, Simple Fund 360 and Simple Invest 360 solutions with no setup or training for existing clients. Don't get left behind as regulations tighten. With straightforward pricing, no minimum commitments and instant results, BGL-ID is the solution for you. To learn more, visit bglcorp.com forward slash
1: I have three questions for you. Going back to XPM, you said, you know, back then you hoped that Xero would put more development money into XPM and that hasn't really happened. What are the main pain points in XPM? I guess it's email management and document management because there is some effort at task management.
0: No, it's more actually at the job management level. You know, XPM or, you know, which came out of Workflow Max was, you know, a software built for, you know, engineering firms, architects, graphic designers. And to my view, and I'm fairly strong in my opinions, but to my view, like it actually works quite well if you've got 10 active jobs in the system and you can have your tasks and it all sort of makes sense. And it's, it does that job quite well, but in our XPM, I think we have like 1200 active jobs it's unusable at that level you know you can't really do things in bulk and when you do do them in bulk kind of kind of got to have all these weird workarounds it's just not built for that scale so if you are a smaller accounting firm it's good enough but once you sort of grow out and there's you know multiple teams and lots of jobs and you know it's just not built for that scale that's my that's my take and that's let alone all the other stuff the add-on email management and it is kind of a shell for zero tax now and a and a client database that's okay. But, you know, just all sorts of things. Like you can't tick, you can create custom fields, which is great, but you can't say this is a mandatory custom field. I, you know, want this to work. They recently changed the user part. So they spent some time redeveloping the the user settings for how you add and give permission to users. But they took away some functionality, you now can't rename people. So if you give someone, so there's just all this sort of weird stuff. And I think um, it just never lived up to the potential it could have been. And back in the, the heady cloud days of 2013, 2014, I think Zero was actually in talks to have either a partnership or something with iFirm, which would have been fabulous, but something happened and that, you know, XBM came in. And another sort of thing that always sort of stuck with me was, you know, a a week or two after we paid our $20,000 iFirm implementation fee, zero announced Workflow Max would be free for all zero firms. And so anyway, we we, were stuck with iFirm, but taking um, that all instead, iFirm was a fantastic practice management product as far as job workflow and capacity planning. So, you know, it's now owned by CCH. And I've heard that like, it still sort of works, but I've heard that it maybe, you know, it's kind of, you know, paused its um, development. or
1: Yeah, no, no, it's, but it's helpful. You said something that was very spot on, and that is, XPM is really just a shell for zero text. And that at least is very much the case here, for example, we really just use XPM for tax. You know how in zero text you have the different tabs for draft and then mm. completed. I know it's very, very simple, but in a way that already helps with task management. You see how many drafts you still have. You can see how many best are completed. You can see how many are out to be signed and So it already gives you some form of pipeline management when it comes to, you know, pumping out the best each Mm. quarter or so. But I agree with you. I can imagine most practitioners use just the zero tax part of XPM. I don't know whether you agree, but I think zero tax works really well.
0: I like zero tax. And I think for most things, it works really well. We came from AE tax and in many ways, and I actually had to go and dig into our old AE to kind of get some historical stuff recently and even our 10 15 years ago AE then was a more comprehensive tax product than zero tax is now like zero tax is fine but it actually isn't It's that very fine.
1: rudimentary yeah yes. which
0: is which is like but it's free and i think that maybe the same with XPM and and zero tax we fell into the trap of well people want free and so we'll give them a minimum viable product versus people are willing to pay for a quality product. And maybe there's a little bit of sort of backlash to that happening now because MyOb and, you know, Reckon with APS back in the day, they had a full comprehensive end to end suite and they built a moat around accounting practices. And you were a MyOb firm or you were an APS firm. And, I don't think zero has succeeded fully in doing that. And now with what, say, FYI is doing, that moat is being sort of pulled down. So if MYOB came up with a as comprehensive great tax solution that kind of, you know, talked to FYI or did whatever, you know, I wouldn't be close to it anymore. We'll see what the landscape does in a little while. Yes,
1: but I think... The practice management software is the greatest threat to zero. If a firm like FYI or SweetFights or Carbon HQ starts, then just offering accounting and tax software as an add-on to their practice mm. management software, it can become a great, quite a dangerous competitor.
0: I agree, and like I'm not sure that, as I understand it, building a tax software is really, really hard, and yes. AE Tax probably has. I don't know, 20, 30 years of development behind it. And that's why it was so comprehensive. And Zero have, I assume that Zero has kind of put all of their development money into making AE tax, sorry, to making zero tax work and be the the product that it is. But it's really hard to build that software. So I don't think that that's I don't think that that's FYI games their game. But as I said, if a different provider has got their tax software, then and it plugs into FYI, then that sort of that becomes the opportunity or the threat to zero.
1: Yes, I agree. So that was XPM. Second question, Sweet Files. What triggered you to look at FYI again? So in 2020, you looked at FYI. You had a demo by with Rob. You weren't sure about the database, so you just stuck with Sweet Files. What made you go back to FYI and look at
0: it again? you know sweet files was a was a really good way of integrating like your XPM client list with your storage sharepoint in that point but it was at least at that time it was largely just storage it did have templates and some you know some of that sort of merge fieldy type stuff it did have the email filing but it was kind of just storage the reason I think that FYI was suddenly appealing was that they were actually starting to plug some of the XPM gaps. They were starting to make up for, you know, so they were kind of pitching it like, you know, well, you know, FYI becomes the place that you're sort of looking at your client database and your files and your, your jobs. You know, that's all now showing up in FYI. Plus we've got all this other sort of neat stuff that we're building around it. And we talk to all of these other sort of, you know, tools and platforms. So, you know, we're going to become the center. So it was that kind of more comprehensive tool versus just data storage synced with your client list. That was probably what really got me interested, the plugging some of these gaps that XBM had.
1: I don't know whether it's a trend, but so far I've only ever met accounting practices that have moved from Sweet files to FYI. I've never found accounting practice that have moved from FYI to Sweet files. But, of course, the sample size is very small, small. You know, it might be 10 accounting practices. But of the 10 accounting practices I've spoken with about FYI and Sweet files and all this, if they have changed, they only ever changed from Sweet files to FYI. I've never met somebody who moved the other way.
0: And maybe it's sort of like ladder of technology where if you are still... You've still got a file server in your office and you know maybe remote login or whatever, but it, you've got an old folder structure with clients and then gear and then annual accounts and whatever. If that's still sitting there, moving from that file structure to suite files, it's an easier mental leap. We're going from a server to a cloud being SharePoint, but it's kind of the same the thing. The same thinking. Yeah. yeah. It's not, we're going to come completely change the way you do everything and think about files and jobs and client. I suspect that's why. You know, once it's kind of, you know, the sweet files is the gateway drug.
1: Third question, what else do you have? So you have Zero Blue, you have XPM and you have FYI. What else do you have?
0: Everything. So you're right. Most of our client accounting, we've got zero or zero ledgers. And so we use that for reporting. We've recently implemented Caseware, and that's for our clients that need general purpose financial statements. So, you know, Caseware Cloud. And we don't have many clients like that, but we've got a license and we're using that for when people need more sophisticated reporting.
1: Yeah. So, um, for example, do you use Caseware for consolidation?
0: We haven't, but I've got one client in particular that we probably will.
1: I see. So, do you have clients who would require consolidation?
0: No, the ones that do would be audited and those financial reports are kind of produced in conjunction with the, the auditors normally. That's the reporting thing where you zero tax.
1: So um, you basically need caseware then to create the notes, correct? Because you can um, get the balance sheet and P N L out of zero anyway. so why do you need caseware?
0: Yes well it's it's the notes but it's also the the kind of templated general purpose financials so we did play around with building general purpose financials in zero but yes having the notes having it was a lot more work for a less consistent outcome whereas if we've got you know caseware with all of our you know standard general purpose templates set up It's just a a much easier sort of process. Good. Perfect. So case where it is? Case where it is for that. Then Siki on the practice management side, we also use link reporting for reports out of XPM. So this is sort of, you know, again, plugging the gaps. People have built a lot of tools to plug the gaps. We've previously used Atani as well, which talks to XPM and that's a Power BI. And that was very, very cool. And I liked that a lot, but, you know, for us, you know, didn't want want to pay for too many things. So we kind of stuck with link reporting and the guys behind link reporting, Will and Ruben, they actually are the guns at how to actually use XBM properly. And they've written a book about it, everything you need to know about zero practice manager. Oh, wow. Um, Okay. So how you should be setting up jobs and tasks and all of that sort of stuff. So they've Taken XPM to the furthest it can go.
1: Yes, because when you use FYI, you still need to be quite sophisticated in XPM because all the jobs, for example, are coming from XPM into FYI.
0: Yeah, for the time being. And we can yeah. talk about that in a little bit. Yeah.
1: And that's the same with Ignition, for example. Just very quickly, coming back to link reporting in case where. Why can't Caseware do what you're doing in link reporting?
0: Sorry, so link reporting is practice level metrics and KPIs. So what's our firm revenue? What's our write-offs? What's our productivity? What's our, you know, whip by partner? What's our... XPM does have a lot of really great data in it. It's just that if you want to get it out of XPM, you're taking it out in a raw spreadsheets and slicing and dicing it. So they've built their own kind of reporting templates that give you very neat stuff. And I can I can dive into that and show you that as well if you want a quick look at what that throws out.
1: Okay. So link reporting is more relevant for larger firms like yours who need an analytics of their own firm. Yes. So we have XPM, we have caseware, and we have link reporting.
0: Okay. So I mentioned we use, you know, Office 365 for all of our, you know, other things and that links in with FYI. We use business fitness work papers for all of our work papers. Like we used to have a hodgepodge of our own Excel spreadsheet work papers that we'd kind of built up over the years. And we just wanted consistency. We wanted somebody else updating tax rates and all of that sort of thing. So that's sort of a great product if you like a Excel-based work paper, which we do. We use, so we do SMSF processing in both class and BGL. Why do you do both? Because we do some outsourced processing and the people that we do it for use BGL, but for all of our internal funds, we use Class.
1: I see. So you do the SMSF accounting and reporting for some smaller accountants?
0: Yep, and financial planners.
1: Okay, good. Now, I have to apologize. When I was muting myself and then turning my page, et cetera... I missed the one before you spoke about SMSF. Was that Microsoft Outlook?
0: Ah, uh, yeah, Office three six five. So which uh, Office... is, you know, the whole suite, the Outlook, the Excel, the Microsoft Word.
1: Okay, good. Perfect. So I will shut that out. Yep. Good. So you have a BGL in class?
0: BGL in class. We use Fathom for, you know, client management reporting. We use now Infinity for corporate secretarial work and document generation. We do use practice ignition not exclusively. We kind of went into it a, a fair bit a couple of years ago and we've kind of just been steady and maybe run 5-10% of our revenue and clients through it and the rest we kind of just engage in a more traditional manner.
1: Have a look at Quotient. I use Quotient and I really like it. It might be too simple for you, but when you say the other 90 to 95% you produce in a traditional manner. What do you mean by that? Do you mean Word, or do you mean?
0: Yes. So say with an individual tax return and we need to get an engagement letter, we just use FYI to produce an engagement letter and we have standard fees. So we're not really saying like tick all of these options. For a business group, we do still sometimes use Ignition, but I just did a proposal for somebody using a Word template that we've got um, so yeah.
1: I see. So for a simple ITRs, you use FYI. Is that correct?
0: Yes, but more just for the engagement process of producing an engagement letter, having it signed electronically.
1: Yeah, for those things, look at Quotient. You might find it. I mean, Quotient is not very sophisticated, which I like. You know, because it's very straightforward but looks great. But I think Quotient might be easier and better than just Word.
0: Pro- have probably. A, and and have a look at it. Again, like we can't optimize everything and we sometimes have a tendency to fall back on on what's easy. And I'll just quickly do this in a Word template. I'll absolutely take a look at that.
1: Tell me why you don't use Ignition for all of your engagements. Could it be cost? Because I find it is quite costly to run all your clients through Ignition because, for example, Quotient is just a flat, very small fee per month, whereas Ignition is... Based uh, on the number of clients you have,
0: you know, so for for most clients we will bill like a fixed fee on completion. You know, for some we run through ignition, but again, for most we don't. We just bill them traditionally and and collect that money. Part of me is being a cheapskate and not wanting to pay a one and a half or two percent credit card surcharge. Yeah. Part of it maybe is also just element. I get the appeal of kind of doing an annual rollover and an annual an annual sort of engagement letter and updated fees, but It's just one of those things we never really got around to doing and didn't see it as that much giving us a better outcome than just doing our normal engagement process, which is pretty streamlined.
1: You just mentioned something that was interesting. You said most of your clients are fixed fee at the end. That surprised me. Or you don't do direct debit arrangements or uh, prepayment. I just tell you, I have moved all clients to direct debit or prepayment. I don't do anything anymore you know, where I get paid afterwards. And it's not so much that I had bad debt, but I just didn't want to have to worry anymore that I might have bad debt one day. You know, I didn't want to have to worry about whether Mr.
0: X is going to pay me this week or not. Part of it is just something we haven't wanted to force. And, you know, we've got lots of long-term clients and sometimes you you do get pushback about, well, you know, don't you trust me anymore? Which, again, mm-hmm. isn't a reason, but it's just one of those things that, you know, our... Bad debts have never been particularly big and it's just a whole process that you know we we haven't wanted to rip the band-aid off for, for better or yes. worse. But
1: and I agree with you, existing long-term clients are very hard to change mm. regarding process as much as price level. You know, once you have somebody at a certain price level, it's very difficult to change them to a different price level. So I agree. But for new clients who are coming on board. You know when you when you do this gross we just we discussed at the start it might be worth thinking about changing to dark debit or
0: and we do for sort of new clients tend to say look we're fifty percent upfront fifty percent on completion if we do do them through practice ignition which I'm inconsistent with the the ones that we run through but if we do do them through practice ignition we will have a credit card or something and on completion process the payment automatically yes yes yeah, just that we're we're inconsistent with that
1: yeah that's that's fine. We're all inconsistent uh, in in many ways. So that was Ignition. Any other software you use?
0: I said now, Infinity, we use account kit, largely for things like the equipment finance schedules that link to Zero and keep those in line. It's interesting. A lot of these software are all sort of starting to build their own little solutions to XPM and o- overlapping a little bit. But yeah, yes. we, we I love it as a suite of product because it came out of an accounting firm being frustrated. Yeah, in- I, I like I like what they've got going on. We use Confluence, which is an you yeah. know Atlassian product for kind of our our knowledge base, wiki process repository.
1: Yes, it's funny that you mentioned Confluence because in my jest for a, a CMS, mm. which FYI basically is, of course, it goes much further than just a normal customer management system. But is it called a CMS? I always confuse it with content management. CRM. Yeah, CIM. Exactly, it's CIM. In my quest for CIM, I I also looked at Jira, which is also Mm. an Atlassian product. And so then I also came across Confluence. So it's funny that you mentioned, sorry, you said that just what do you use Confluence for?
0: It's our knowledge base. It's where we store our processes and, you know, this is how you lock up the office and this is how we process a baz and this is how we do basically everything. It's the place where we hopefully take things out of people's brains and write it down.
1: When you have a t- new team member joining, that's where they spend the first
0: hopefully, couple of weeks. fully. you know, if there's something, just search for it. But it is one of those things we have to constantly tell people and often people say, oh, I don't know how we do this. I'm like, I'm pretty sure we've got something in Confluence and you can search and it will it will then pop up with something that maybe we wrote a couple of years ago and it's largely fine, but maybe we've got to do a little bit of updating. So it's a sort of thing that requires constant um, maintenance, which yes. again, sometimes gets lost in the day-to-day.
1: I agree. I find processes constantly change. Mm. And whenever everything I've written down about processes has always become outdated within... Yeah. Within months. Do you mind if I come back to Account Kit? Sure. You said finance schedule. Can you explain a bit more what Account Kit does for you?
0: So, you know, Account Kit is a suite of tools of which we don't use them all to the maximum advantage. But one of the things that the team all consistently love and use is sort of like equipment finance schedules where, you know, a client goes and buys a new truck truck with a chattel mortgage and we used to have a fairly streamlined process with a you know an Excel template where you put in the repayments and the amounts you work out blah 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 whatever the interest rate is and then I did have a process where you could then copy that into a CSV import that CSV into zero and then you've kind of got all of your you know your annual interest principal splits kind of already done account kit automates that in the sense that you build the schedule in account kit.
1: Okay, good. So account kit you use, for example, when uh, something is bought on loan and to, to yep. split between repayment and not, you probably then also use it for division 7A loan repayments yep. and interest.
0: Yes, it's, it's got that calculator as well, but the equipment finance will split you know, the loan into the current liabilities, the non-current liabilities, and then every month post the journal and let you know if your Balance sheet accounts are in line with what the schedule should be. So it, it talks to zero. It's it's pretty neat. Probably the main thing, it does have a nice um, client, you know, map builder as well to build like a client group structure. Oh yeah, that's good. So to um,
1: basically show them this is your corporate trustee, this is your trust, this is yep. your
0: um, and it, and it your pull,
1: operating pulls, company, your bucket company, yep. your SMSF.
0: Yeah, it pulls all the relationships out of XBM as well. So it kind of says, all right, this is a group. These are the relationships between all the all the entities in the group, which is yeah, which is pretty neat. neat. It did have a correspondence register that we we did use and a professional development register and just, you know, just little all these kind of disparate little tools that, as I said, was a firm building them to plug the gaps that they had themselves.
1: I just list what you have said so far to give you a time of what it's Day <laughs> is. So you use XPM. You use FYI. You use CaseWare link reporting, Microsoft Office 365, which includes Microsoft Outlook and Excel and Word, etc. You use for SMSF. You use BGL in class. You use Fathom for management reporting when your clients need that. You ne- use now Infinity. You use Ignition, but not exclusively, and you use Countkit and Confluence. Yeah. That's what I have so far.
0: We we also use a tool called Lucidchart for making client charts when we're not using the account kit one. We also, I mean it's less of a tool but we also subscribe to Knowledge Shop and they've got a bunch of very neat um you know work papers and procedures and things.
1: Yeah. How come you are subscribed to Knowledge Shop and not ICCH for example?
0: I don't know what ICCH is, so that's oh, probably see. part of it.
1: Yeah, you know, Walter Yeah, they have something like Knowledge Shop, you know, comments on all the different, for example, if you're looking at Foreign Trust or Division 7A, there are comments to all the parts of the different section of the um, assessment act.
0: So Knowledge Shop is probably different in the sense that I think first and foremost, like it's a help desk. So you can actually say, I I have a client scenario, X, Y, and Z, and they'll kind of point you in the in the direction of, well, actually, you know, here's some private rulings that talk about this and, you know, this is probably the way it is. And, you know, your client's got a problem or doesn't have a problem or whatever it is. So it's a fabulous help desk. So I can't talk more highly enough. And then around it they do a lot of training, which is um additional, lots of really good accessible training. And then they have, as I said, kind of work papers and procedures and things like that. So if you have a client that's dealing with the small business concessions, you can kind of go and work step step by step through the procedure for what are the things I should be looking for. They've then got checklists and letters that then you can send to the client. So, you know, there's lots of overlaps between a lot of these service providers. And in some cases, if you're doing your own research, you probably do need the CCH version as well.
1: Yes. Okay. Perfect. So that's not a job. Um, And in the end, do I say one more? Yeah, I think I think we're
0: pretty close to the end because there's you know client tools like you know Dex and Hubdoc and stuff like that. But that's I think that's really I'm just looking at all the shortcuts in my uh, yes. in my browser yeah. and but I think that covers about good. all of it.
1: I, I, I use Hubdoc. There's also Dex, but I use Hubdoc yep. because I'm a cheap skate and Hubdoc yeah.
0: comes. Well, away. well, yeah. I mean, and again, like the accounting industry is a, is a small place, and you know people people seem to sometimes make weird political decisions about how they're going to charge or integrate with and I don't know so but yes I think receipt bank was king for a while and then they kind of lost their crown we also use anature actually for our e-signatures anature was built by the team that built now infinity and they're fabulous and said well what's the problem facing the accounting industry and they went, well, all of the existing email providers are kind of really expensive and really, you know, bloated isn't necessarily the right word, or maybe it is, but to send a DocuSign email for $4 a signature or whatever it costs, I don't know, it's quite expensive. That sort of blows my mind when e-signing starts costing more than physical post and printing combined. Anyway, Anarchar, because they're quite nimble, they integrated with FYI and it just kind of makes the process pretty quick and and painless.
1: And coming back to your SMSF software, I think you said class you just use for outsourced processing, but for uh, your own clients you have BGL or is it the no, other we, way around? Other
0: way around. So we use class. Yeah.
1: I see. Okay. And that's why you went with Now Infinity, because your software of choice is class.
0: No, we were early to now infinity we went from BGL desktop for for corporate secretarial work yeah. and so I think we've been on now infinity since like 2015 or 16 it's been a long long time before we we switched to class actually so yeah we were
1: an early adopter
0: an an early adopter so we've just kind of been on that and then at the same time we went from BGL desktop to combination of then class and BGL 360
1: we are on the other side we are BGL for for SMSF and then obviously Cas for um,
0: and and corporate I mean, secretary work or corporate sec and you know again like to be like so now Infinity is a fabulously pain free way of doing you know corporate secretarial work and it's very intuitive and it's very quick and easy but you know there were certain things that old Cas desktop did as far as how comprehensive it was in maintaining a corporate register that, you know, now Infinity is maybe a bit light on. But, you know, for most clients, that's not a problem. But, you know, for clients with corporate... We, so we do actually have a CAS 360 subscription for some of the more complex clients where we we actually do need to maintain a, a very detailed, comprehensive share registry. Okay, and I've just seen another piece of software that we actually recently implemented okay, that I've forgotten can. about. The other thing, which is probably our most recent implementation, was ATO Smart Docs, which is one of the two tools I think that are available that will talk to the ATO, grab the correspondence that the ATO sends to your clients, download it electronically, and then basically send it to the clients electronically. So, as a firm, we're fairly hands off with ATO correspondence. We tried to not be the clearinghouse and and then we would get mail and put it in an envelope and post it on, onto the clients. But what we found in the last couple of years was the ATO was starting to send more and more stuff electronically through MyGov, through whatever. And we've got clients where you might have a MyGov account, but if you haven't ticked a particular box and put an email in for notification, you don't get notified when you've got a new message from the ATO. So clients were not getting notified of you know IASs and then the next they'd hear is they'd get a physical mail posted to them saying, here's a fine for not lodging or, you know, here's a, a late, you know, we're going to chase you for debts. So we thought that we actually probably needed to get a bit more involved in that space. So this that's a fabulous tool that does integrate with FYI, but every day downloads every bit of correspondence set to a client, then sends an email to the client saying, Here's a link to this ATO correspondence. The client also gets sent a text message with a you know like basically a code. So if the email goes to the wrong client, they can't access the document because they don't have the code. That's what we use now, and um there's always some bumps in implementing new software, but it's been pretty smooth. It's been actually a great, great addition as far as client service goes. We've kind of gone from a situation where XPM was the center of the wheel. It was the hub. And now FYI is actually the hub and everything else is is talking to FYI. It's, It's the center of our database and kind of our operation. So it's the most business critical piece of software we've got now.
1: James Carey of Prime Partners in Sydney. So this was a pipeline walkthrough. The second one we have done so far. The first one was, as I said, Texopedia in episode 383. Have a listen to that one as well if you found this one helpful. Now, I'm not 100% sure what the next episode will be about. I have a few episodes on the pipeline. So once I know for sure, I will insert it here. Until then, thank you for listening and thank you to BGL for their support. Bye for now and see you in the next episode.